Hey everyone and welcome back to the It's Good To Talk podcast. So today is a little bit different. Um, the person with me today is my mother. So um, that is where we're going today. It fits with um, what we're going to talk about. We're going to be talking about um, basically how um, COVID and how lockdowns have affected older people. Um, we have had people on previously, uh, Tim Mjolnir, uh, about a month or so ago, talking about how online life and making friends online has really helped him and it's been really good for his mental health. But of course, for a lot of people that maybe aren't as tax, uh, tech savvy, uh, it has, of course, potentially caused a problem or there's not been as easy for people. They've had to go back inside um, because they are vulnerable for whatever reason. So today is my mother. So anyone that watches these or listens to these on Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, wherever you're consuming this, you're quite right that I won't be swearing today. So it will be a little bit different. Um, so, Mum, do you want to introduce Hi. yourself? <laughs> uh, yes, I'm Shirley. Um, I'm a, a retired person. Yes, um, Adam's mum. What do you want to say at this stage? <laughs> yes. So, um, obviously, I was just saying about the fact that um, when when COVID hit, for, for me, the first thing I did before I, I quit my job at the time was I just went home and worked on the computer. I, it basically wasn't any different for me. I was just at home. Obviously, there's a lot of other stuff going on, which people can go back um, through these podcasts and, and hear more about me personally but um in, in terms of work i was just on a computer at home um but obviously retirement years it's more you know well let's go out and go to the shops or oh we could go down to cornwall or you know wherever you are if you're in america wherever you can go well let's go to wherever it is which wasn't really something you could do so kind of how how do you how was it when it first kind of started with COVID and everything like that? Yeah, when it first started in nearly two years ago, now March 2020, it was quite daunting where the government told us that people of my age, retiring age, would have to stay isolated for 12 weeks. And that seemed like forever, staying indoors for 12 weeks. Because you do say, if you want to go somewhere, we just get on the bus or get in the car or whatever and we go. But luckily, those first three months... Well, the weather was lovely, so it didn't affect us that much because we were able to get out in the garden a lot. Um, it affected us because um, we obviously had to get something to do our shopping for us because we couldn't go to a supermarket and we couldn't visit people. Um, but I have been speaking to people on Messenger, Facebook, that's yep. what you call it, sorry if I don't sound very technical, technical but um, yeah, so that was okay, but I couldn't go down up and see my sister that is 10 minutes walk down the road and she can't use a computer, so that was awkward, but the first three months worked easier because the weather was nicer. Yeah. It's not been so easy, so it wasn't so easy later on. Yeah, and I mean, you brought up a point there as well about the tech savvy. So anyone that's um, Spotify or Amazon, I apologise. Um, basically because you're, I mean, you can still hear it, but your um, sound quality for, quality, for instance, and you can probably hear this, Mum, mine is clear. Yours is very tinny and you're doing it through a laptop. You know, I've got the setup. The only difference for me is I've got a window there, which is currently making my, my face very bright. So I can't do anything about that lighting. So, but in general, tech savviness is something that I think people have forgotten about. And I think it becomes a big issue because it, it does become a, a back and forth for people because they're going, well, we've got to worry about people that are inside and, you know, people being able to connect. And that was a tech savvy. But at the same time, we can't. We can't just pretend it's not there. And especially not at the beginning when there were, we didn't know what the hell was going on. There was no vaccine. There was nothing else. And it was just like, you have to stay inside. Like everyone does. But then, like you say, you're cut off. Auntie Barbara, who you were talking about, is cut off. And what the hell do you do? Because at that point, you know, I know I can just go, um, if I wanted to, I can go into Discord, which is a, another service, and I can just be like, oh, there's open chats in there because they're groups that I know that I can just go in because it says, like, it's open chat. I can go and talk to someone. You had trouble today finding the right lead to give the laptop that you're using charge. And that's yeah. not a joke, guys. My mum is my mum <laughs> was a secretary. Like, this isn't... This isn't someone that hasn't necessarily come across computers and things in the past. Like my mother was a secretary in the nineties, um, early nineties. So, you know, this isn't the, my, my mum isn't as, as inept to this. It's not, not, she's not a Luddite with this stuff, but again, for older people, it's not as simple and straightforward as 
well, I say my age group would, would find it, but certainly Gen Z would find it. I'm an elder millennial. There's Gen Z who would just snap the fingers and it's done. So I think that does become an issue and starts to become grinding. Now, you were saying about, obviously, um, it wasn't too bad because you were in the garden for, for a bit of it. So what about since? Now, you've got um, you've got Colin there, my stepdad's there, so there's two of you. It's not quite as bad. You can talk to each other. But what about, how has it felt like just the fact that it's continued and actually being older you and because of you know um health reasons and things like that you are in that vulnerability you are there kind of going no we, we've got to live up to this so mm-hmm. how has it felt because again connecting with people realizing there's a world outside your front door it's got to be difficult now don't get me wrong and anyone out there you can probably hear from mine and my mother's voice yes we are relatively affluent from an affluent area. It, we're not in the ghetto somewhere, Ni- neither of us. My mother certainly not. Um, so it's not like you're worried about wh- whatever a- a- else getting out the front door. But how has it felt as it's drawn on? Yeah, um, um, it's made me nervous. I mean, even now, two years later, I'm, um, because I'm, I've got diabetes, and um, so that's made me a bit more vulnerable plus my age. Um, it's made me nervous going out. We do go out now more than we did in the beginning, but we make if we're obviously out walking in the woods or something, obviously we don't wear a mask, but as we get nearer people, we do. And I still make sure and I walk past them, I give them a wide berth, which mm. some people don't. Um, and I walk into town, I always walk into town, but quite often if we've got shopping, I will get the bus back. Um, but that just makes me very, very nervous as well. I mean, they keep the windows open, but nobody, when it, uh, you know, at the beginning, they used to put tape on one of the seats so that only one person sat on the seat. But now two people sit on the seat. So when you go up to the back of the bus, you've got to almost flush them as you walk past. And that makes me nervous, which I'm not a nervous person, but this pandemic has, has made me very nervous. But I, we still sort of try to to go out because you know you've got to somehow live your life we can't carry on living their life at home so we just i make sure i wear my mask sanitize my hands give people a a safe distance when i come home i sanitize my hands i sanitize my shopping which might sound a bit over the top but uh, i'm still worried about that you know i make i wipe everything with with um antibacterial wipes or put them in the cupboard um and you know, it's become a way of life now, but it's, it's certainly very different to what it was. Yeah, I mean, and, and in our family, we've had people that have died um, of and or with COVID. Now, I'm going to make something very clear here for all the idiots out there. Oh, this is the point I'd usually swear. But um, so with COVID does not mean that you haven't died effectively of COVID. So the difference is that people always go and you can see this on Facebook all over the place of dying with COVID as opposed to dying of COVID and dying of COVID. <laughs> is very specific you've died of that people with cancer do not die of cancer they die with cancer because cancer as well as aids as well as other immuno um autoimmune diseases basically break down your body's ability to stop other things happening your um lungs could stop to work your heart your brain, everything stops working. And so technically, you do not die of the original issue, the original thing that you've got. You die of complications of it, meaning that if you have some other issue, if you're diabetic, if you have cancer, if you have um, you know, pulmonary disease, anything like that, yes, theoretically, that thing itself has killed you when you have COVID. However, it's its problem, its level of issue in your body was made 10 times worse by that also being there. It's a bit like saying that if somebody is drowning and um, they then get given a, um, a heavy weight is thrown around their neck and that brings them down. Oh, well, they didn't die of that. They died from drowning. Yes, they did. Because there was a heavy weight around their neck that pulled them down. So when we talk about with and of COVID, it is, by all intents and purposes, the same goddamn thing. It really is. So when we have that argument with people, we've had people, more than one person in the family that's died of or with COVID. So it's not something I, I think either of us really take um, that um, softly. And I mean, 
don't get me wrong i've traveled since then i've been in other countries you know i'm, I'm planning on also going to another country um relatively soon as, as well um somewhere to see the seven wonders because of my own mental health however there are many many tests that have to be taken before and after as well as when you're out in these countries because we are one of the worst at taking it especially in europe you know you don't go into the netherlands walk into a shop and find someone that doesn't have a mask on that does not happen when somebody has an exemption from what we might say now they have a plastic guard up which means they still have something it's not great but it's something so that if they feel you know, if, if it's something that they feel is, is cutting off their air, well, they've got a mask. They've got something there. Um, so we are one of the worst of it. Absolutely here. Um, and as you say, it's it's quite difficult um, because we still got to live our lives. It's quite, um, you know, it feels quite claustrophobic. Otherwise, have you found your own kind of mental health in terms of feeling claustrophobic? And you said about feeling nervous and maybe maybe anxious and so a form of like social anxiety which i know the terms don't necessarily mean that much to you but like scared almost of seeing other people sometimes as well yeah i suppose i have been scared of seeing other people i haven't got claustrophobia doesn't affect me i, don't, I mean i am a person that has claustrophobia mm. in my own house and garden i'm okay and as long as i can walk up the garden um but it has made me scared of other people because you're thinking have they had the vaccine you know haven't they and have they got their mask on properly and then i mean even though if i walk past somebody in the shops and they've got their mask down below their nose i feel like going up to them and people you know really really annoys me or, or having it down there or under their chin or anything like that um it has made me scared of other people because of i don't know how protected they are mm. in that way yeah and it is one of those things i think people have forgotten uh, it's People are just going to go, oh, well, I'm fine, so it, it's okay. And it's like, yeah, but not everyone else is, you know. And it's, I don't know. I mean, I find a lot of this, a lot of times that people that are younger have been blamed. Other people, I have personally found it is boomer age group. Now, I know that's, you know, the, the, the headline that everyone goes for, but it is that, um, and I've, I have siblings of this age group, but also problematic for other things, but it's boomer age group because it's that time where they don't remember the war so they don't have to think about that and they are not they weren't when they were growing up as connected to the rest of the world in terms of internet so there's a there's a, an idea of privilege that i think they never really saw anything else especially in the uk because there was no other wars going on we didn't we weren't part of vietnam so there was nothing else going on and there is very much that that age group that seems to do it and kind of forget about their parents and their grandparents yeah, yeah that's true yeah, yeah it, it's yeah but also it's um it's the younger ones as well that, that scare me because I mean there's people in our own family, not in my immediate family, but grandchildren, that won't have the vaccine mm. um because it won't protect them and because people still get it even when they've had the vaccine. Um, you know, and it makes me well, I, I mean I haven't met them, I haven't met them for ages because I, I don't want to get near them. They frighten me, no matter how much I, I talk to them about it, they think they're exempt somehow. Yeah. Um, you know, look at me, I've I've, you know, although two of them have since had COVID, it's, thankfully not, um, not seriously, but they've had it. Yeah, I so mean, it just proves that they can get it. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know why everyone has suddenly thought they're an expert on immunology and um, have never seemingly had a vaccine of any kind in their life because anyone that's ever had the flu vaccine will tell you, yes, I can still get the flu. Of course I can. That's not what it's about. You're not being completely immunized against getting it. That's not what happens. Um, and I always find it weird when people are, yes, but I'll, I'll, I can still get it. Yes, but that's not what it's for. It's so that you don't die of it. And it's a bit like saying to someone, we're going to send you into Iraq. We're going to send you into Iraq when there's a load of guns. And I'll tell you what's going to happen is um, you don't want the protection. So you're just going to walk straight out there. The rest of us are going to wear very heavy duty bulletproof vests. But of course, we can still get shot. So it's no better, is it? Because we can still get shot. Yeah. But when you get shot, it's going to kill you. When we get shot, it's going to break some ribs and we can recover. And that's the difference I think people are not picking up on is that, yes, the vaccine, you can still get it with a vaccine. Fantastic. Yeah. But you're not going to die of it. And it is the exact same. If you were going out into a war zone, would you want to wear a bulletproof vest? Because nothing, there's not a magic shield that suddenly appears around you saying you don't get shot. You can. You can, of course, get shot. But the places you're getting shot, don't go through you survive it and so this idea that a vaccine which has never ever meant that suddenly means that is 
mind boggling to me. And I know there might be some trolls here um, in the YouTube comments. If they do bring it, I don't care. You are just, I mean, if you want to bring up some fake nonsense online, bring it. I, I am not backing down on that kind of nonsense. Um, and it, it is weird how people suddenly go, well, I'm an expert on this. You're an expert of Facebook. I mean, the amount of times it is amazing. People go for, do something for two weeks and suddenly they're an expert. I'm going, yes, but that doesn't mean anything. That's not, that is not what I want to base anything on is someone who has listened to someone who listened to someone who's who overheard their dog's hairdresser. Like, it doesn't matter. That's not the person I want to listen to. The person I want to listen to, you know, when people go, oh, I've done my own research. You mean you used Google? Weirdly enough, Google created by scientists, mathematicians, physicists who gave you the internet. It's amazing how much we want to listen to scientists when it's something to back up our own argument, and then we immediately say no when it doesn't. Yeah. If you're going to get your arm chopped off, you go into the doctors because apparently the doctors are all getting conspiracy against you anyway. So why would you go? You know, it doesn't make any sense with it. It really doesn't. And trying to explain to people the difference is amazing. And I, I think a lot of younger people that don't want to get the vaccine, I think that was caused because of the beginning of the pandemic, at least in England. Because at the beginning, we were told it's it's a disease for old people. That's who's going to worry about yeah. it. And I think I probably fell into that as well, because that's what we're yeah. told. You know, older people, if you're in your, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s and above, you are the ones. The rest of us, we're fine. It's not the case. I mean, I think about two months after that came out, there was an NHS worker near me that was a couple of years younger than me that died of it. And you're going, well, wait a minute. That's something. Something's wrong there. Then that's, that's yeah. not true. And they didn't have underlying condition conditions. No, it's not that thing. I and I'm sorry, but anyone that goes, oh, well, the new the new variants mean it's so transmissible. And I've, uh, you know, when people go, oh, well, I don't know where I caught it from. Yes, you do. I have not had it once. I was at big events, um, including the London Marathon, including the um, New Year's in London this year, like last year. I have been to other countries. I have never tested positive once. Never. So the idea that you can go, oh, yeah, but it's just happening to everyone. No, it's not. You can still avoid it because I have. I worked at a university when this broke out. I was at two half marathons beforehand with people from other countries. I've been with other people from other countries as part of Yes Theory family. So those of you on YouTube will know who that is. And I have not caught it. So it's nonsense. We can all avoid it if we actually bother to. And yes, I am vaccinated. My booster is in for this week as well. Um, and this idea that it's going to destroy your immune system. In perspective, for anyone that thinks it's going to um, destroy destroy your immune system if something had the power to completely destroy your immune system you would be dead within a week if that was the actual truth every single one of us that had had the vaccine would be dead because i don't think you're entirely realizing what our immune system does our immune system stops everything the common cold to the sniffles to um actual you know ebola everything the full spectrum is stopped by our immune system if mm -hmm. our immune system had completely collapsed everything would shut down everything would shut down a bit of dirt that got in up your nose would kill you because it has bacteria in it but of course if your immune system shuts down and can't recognize the differences in bacteria you would be dead it is nonsense yeah. listen to experts they're there for a reason it's just nonsense. I'm a rant. Um, <laughs> it does get irritating because after a while, it's you just want to shout at them. And, and the, the problem is, is that it's because it is um, the Dunning Kruger effect. Which I don't know. Do you know Dunning Kruger, Mum? No. No. The so Dunning Kruger effect is the idea that you are um, too incompetent to realise that you are incompetent. Right, okay. It's that thing that basically you know so little that you can't understand that you know so little. <laughs> yeah. And so these people that go, yes, but I've done my research and I know this, that's because you don't know what actual research is. You know, my research being a five minute um, thing on Google, okay, well, the scientists that have been working on this spent seven years researching. They spent, <laughs> you know, God knows how long doing it. That's research. That's research, not Google. It's, you know, Google also, as well as being created by scientists, physicists, mathematicians, is also um, a, a change on the word Google spelt G-O-L at the end, which is a mathematical term, which is used in physics. The whole thing of Google is science and you're using it to try and stop things. I mean, it's mind boggling. The fact that me and my mum can talk right now, the fact that any of you are listening, watching any of this, 
science. It's just nonsense that you want to pick and choose. It does not make sense. Um, okay. So yes, obviously there's there's some there's some some fear there, and you know hopefully as as the kind of the months years and everything go on, we will get to a point where the newer viruses are so mild that it's no longer a problem, which I think it does seem to be happening. Like, I mean, everyone was scared about Omicron and then we've gone, oh, actually, Omicron's really mild. Well, okay, that's good because we want the one that's really transmissible to be mild because that's the one we want everyone to get, the one that's not going to kill you. Like that's, you know, so hopefully that will become easier. But did you find at any point where it you were just so cut off that you didn't know kind of you didn't see a light at the end of the tunnel in trying to interact with people well yes i suppose i did i mean as i say that three months um all right we were out in the garden but um it just seemed never ending three months 12 weeks is nothing but it seemed like you know when they said we've got indoors for 12 months uh 12 weeks i thought how on earth are we going to do that um so i mean we did see people we used to because it was nice we used to sit out in the front garden and have a cup of coffee and if anybody went up and down we used to speak to them but um it was that feeling of when years ago when we lived on the isle of Wight. Yep. um it was sort of like a claustrophobic feeling because you couldn't just get off the island when you wanted to you couldn't just get in your car and drive off the island and it's the same sort of feeling here you couldn't just go out of our gate as it were although we haven't got a gate but and then just walk down the road and meet with people like you used to you had to think about it all the time yeah yeah i mean it's, I mean, Isle of Wight had a lot of other issues. Also, one step and you'd be off a cliff. But um, I mean, yeah, that is it's that weird claustrophobia of when you're not claustrophobic, but you are. And, and a bit like why I've why I've been to, you know, the Netherlands and Norway. I'm planning a trip to Jordan um, for next month, um, which I have to say, take it a lot more seriously than we do um you know these these places that now i can go because i've got the vaccine and because i'm careful um you know i'm it's weird because for anyone that doesn't know i've perhaps spoken about it in some podcast but i have ocd and i don't mean hollywood ocd i mean obsessive compulsive disorder actually diagnosed when i was nine i think it was mum we were up in yorkshire i think it was nine um and so for me it isn't a case of oh, well, you turn the light on and off five times. No, 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 no. I used to wash my hands until they bled. And then the problem was they were bleeding. So now I needed to wash them more. Like that's the level. And most people that have OCD to a high extent also have germophobia of some kind. So that's probably also the reason that I've been quite lucky is that I don't let that happen. My, you know, this hoodie has been worn today. It will go in the wash tonight. I don't wear clothes more than once. It's not what I do. Um, I know people find that weird, especially when I was at university. But um, you do feel kind of locked in and yes i mean i suppose the isle of wight and obviously my sister being um the one that was homesick meant we came back from the isle of wight and it is that stuck in your own island which is, is how some people describe their own mental health sometimes that you are it is like being stuck on an island that you can't really reach out to anyone because of anxiety you might be too scared to see what the interaction is and it's very strange because i feel a lot of people have talked about the fact that and i don't know if this brings you anywhere nearer because you've seen me at relatively low levels but the a lot of people have mentioned the fact that people that are not that are neurotypical so that don't have particularly anything wrong in terms of mental health have started to understand at least in some small part what those of us who are neurodivergent who there's something going wrong um have been feeling but only to a small part but there's something where you just gonna go wait you feel like this all the time what in the name of god is like and that has been something good but i don't know if that's i don't know if that has been something that's come on your mind or anything at all i'm oh, sorry i was i, I went you... off piece a bit there while no, you were no. talking no, um, yeah can you yeah yeah so so oh, i was saying for, for a lot of people is um it's been this idea that uh, and I, I know you can't ever really know but for a lot of people that are neurotypical so yourself those that haven't necessarily had any mental health issues at least non-diagnosed have started to a small amount to understand or at least see what those of us who are neurodivergent and do have something miswired in our heads are going through at least to a small extent because i know i've heard it in some places where people have just gone wait you're you feel this all the time oh, yeah. how the hell yeah. are you you know yeah i understand you now i've actually often said this to colin um that you know how 
so that's I'm my feeling, stepdad anyway. feeling sorry for, for people but um you know when, when you've been really down or something really got you how can you cope with that all the time i mean there are days when i get a bit fed up but mm. i mean i've never well i have once in my life had depression when my father died 40 odd years ago um and that feeling I had for the few months when I went through it was a feeling I would never, ever want anybody to go through again. Mm. And for some reason, you feel like that all the time. And for every day, every minute of the day to be a struggle and to put on a face, it's unbelievable. I can't, I can't understand it. I mean, yeah. I no, I can't believe it. I can't understand how it can feel. Yeah, and it's, I think that's the thing that has helped a little bit. With There's a lot more people talk about mental health on social media as well, which is quite good um, because, you know, as my mum knows, and some of you that have watched it before, I have depression. I have, you know, the, 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 the smiley, whatever. I think it's, I've done a video on this before is that people don't understand the fact that you can be depressed and happy at the same time. There can be a day where you're smiling and you, that doesn't mean that you're okay. It's, you know, it is, it's a bit like being in a horrific car accident and then you get morphine well the morphine makes you okay for a minute it doesn't mean you're suddenly okay it's and that's the thing and I, I think it is not good but it's it's um it's interesting to see people who haven't like yourself who haven't had long term or haven't got any neurodivergent issues that it, it, people start to go how in the name of hell how are you doing this all the time <laughs> and seeing that actually oh this this is real like okay wait the stuff you said before i've i've suddenly started to feel some of that and it is interesting to see how that's happened i mean in in some areas there's been arguments in the southwest especially about people going no no, no we need to take care of this and as the pandemic and everything has gone on people have talked more and more about the fact that we need to look at people's mental health because that matters because for some people given you know for i'm still just about underneath this age for those that are under four men under 40 the biggest killer of men under 40 in the uk is suicide and that's not a small margin i know people go oh no it's heart disease no 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 if you look at actual figures men under 40 in the uk literally higher than heart disease is um suicide and this pandemic has not helped and when people looked at the figures and they said oh there hasn't actually been an increase because of the pandemic and you go no 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 if you actually look at the figures, the figures have gone up every year, which actually means what you're saying is they haven't gone up by more than what you thought, but they have still gone up. Those those issues, those those people going into the NHS to try and find issues. Um, so I just said, sorry, yeah. in there, you were saying just now about the difference between knowing what people feel and feeling what people feel. There's a difference between sympathy and empathy. And um, I'll just bring this in. I'm actually pastoral assistant in my church and this is one of the things um that our vicar thought i would be very good at doing because i don't know how you say i'm sorry i'm sorry you feel like that you have empathy you put yourself in those people's in the place of these people although you still can't be exactly where they are but you can feel for them and with them and that's the difference between empathy and sympathy Yes. So anyone that's watched for a while or knows me from Twitch will know that I don't believe in the, the idea of empathy. And actually, the way my mother has just described it there is not how most people describe empathy. I actually agree with what my mother just said, but disagree with the idea of empathy. So the reason I say that is because when it comes to empathy and people that are empaths, they talk about the idea that you are able to actually feel what that person feels. And that just isn't possible. You can't. You will never feel that that person no, feels. No. Um, you can use understanding your own experience and sympathy together. What I think my mother is actually saying there is flippant sympathy as opposed to actual sympathy. You know, flippant sympathy is someone going, oh, I'm sorry about that. And then somebody who's actually sympathetic as, has real, you know, has got, um, you know, a, a, has got a, a chip on the table in terms of, you know, the roulette wheel. That, that's, that's someone that's actually going, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm sorry, do, do you need a talk? Do you want a cup of tea? You know, that's someone who is, in my mind, from the understandings and the, the, the etymology of the word and things like that, um, that's still sympathy. Empathy is when people feel that they can feel. So, yeah, I'm just saying that because I know there's a lot of people listening and watching who have heard me talk about it going, wait a minute, that's not what you think. So, um, but yes, um, it is the case that you can be 
you can put yourself in some in someone's mind in terms of your own within your own understanding it's a bit like going it's a bit like somebody walking into um it's like a fireman working walking into a burning building both your the fireman and the person who lives in that building are both in the fire but the person the firefighter cannot feel what the person who's on fire is feeling because they have a suit around them so yes you're still putting yourself there but you can't ever really see it and i think that's the difference between sympathy and empathy for me mm-hmm. um yes i mean like i say with, with those with the things of talking to people it can be really difficult because people just don't don't see it so um i was going to ask because obviously um you are retired somewhat older the thing with um people that are very screw it entitled um with the kind of oh well we can't do this i should just be allowed to do all this you were still you were still going to school when um we had rations until 1953 let you know about it they managed to have a life and they were still they weren't going out on protest telling everyone we should be allowed more food no. they were just doing it you know my mother my mother wasn't ill when she when when she was younger she wasn't malnutritioned you know okay and welcome back so as if to kind of prove me right there with the tech savviness um my uh, mother lost some issues with uh, had some issues with technology there and we also spent some time trying to just open the site which is just kind of proving our point earlier about how zoom which is used by a lot of people as well as uh, teams which is used by a lot of people during lockdown isn't that easy for people that don't know what it's doing and me trying to do it through a, a a phone camera to see what's on my mother's screen to try and make it work isn't the easiest way of doing it so these are things that get in the way of people <laughs> what i was saying beforehand was obviously um you know with with rations and stuff as a kid and you weren't malnutrition um nobody else in the family was you know you have quite a lot of brothers and sisters so you know no one was uh, was having a problem there and yet people managed to get on with it and i think that's something that we need to remember with um lockdown and everything else is that you're not being disadvantaged you're not suddenly um you know i think people forget just how entitled and advantaged they are nowadays and how mm-hmm. You take a little bit away and everyone seems to lose their mind and you go that's not that's not what's going on you're just not able to do this you know you don't say to someone that's on a plane um you don't you don't worry about them saying well i don't want i don't like being inside i'm going to open the door because that would be stupid in the same way it's stupid to completely ignore lockdown and what annoys me more currently is how people are saying well i'm not going to listen to the government because boris johnson did it wrong yes boris johnson was an idiot he broke his own rules that's a bad thing. You then doing the same thing doesn't make you better. Their bad excuse doesn't make you, doesn't give you an excuse. You're either angry at him for breaking the rules and you do the rules properly, or you're not angry at him and you break the rules. People that are saying they're angry at Boris Johnson for breaking the rules and then going and breaking them themselves, why do you have a problem exactly? Because clearly you don't agree with mm. them yourself. It kind of irritates me that one. And I know, yeah. you know you should never it shouldn't be that people say well i had a bad time that means you have to have a bad time but it is interesting to see how older generations before boomer the silent generation which is your generation don't seem to be pushing back as much against this because you didn't have as much and so you you mm. did have to go through some hardships and again just because people have hardships does not mean you should push other people to have hardships that's the same with any parents out there just because it was hard for you doesn't mean you want to want it to be hard for your kids however it is very telling that people that have had hardship with this aren't that um, problematic at the moment for, for lockdown. And are the people that are going, actually, no, I can deal with this. I mean, and, and the generation before you or, yeah, just before you, 
probably even easier to deal with it because they're the ones that got sent, especially England, ones that got sent away to the countryside for, you know, during mm -hmm. during bombings. And I mean, we're from the countryside, but, but people that were sent away from yeah. home, are they going, this is fine. Like, I, it's not great, but, you know. Um, also, I, you did say before, and I don't know if you still want to talk about it, but I'll, I'll just bring it up, um, that a member of our family is suffering from long COVID at the moment. Yes, that's right, yes. Um, my sister's had COVID last September. She spent two months in hospital and she came out for about four days and obviously realised they sent her out too early. So she went back in for another three weeks and then they realised she wasn't really getting any more treatment in hospital. So they sent her home. Um, she's just incredibly fatigued all the time, but it's left her very confused and not able to relate time and and space and this i've actually spoken to a, a couple of the other people about this and and apparently it does something to your brain where you can't relate to time she has no idea when she wakes up in the middle of the night whether it's the middle of the night or whether it's not and if it's three o'clock in the morning she might think it's three o'clock in the afternoon and if it is why is it still dark that sort of thing mm. so um it's quite very actually yeah and i think this is a thing that a lot of people have not realize is going on because a lot of people kind of go yeah but covid it's I know, the one that annoys me the most is oh well it's just a cold it's just like having the flu it's like for some people for some people it is but unfortunately much as we said much as we pretended at the beginning that it was only for old people and everything like that it, everyone else it's it's completely non-dependent on whether you're um, oh, mother I can just, Mother. I can hear the feedback on your, can you turn me down a little bit? <laughs> um, right, just a minute. Yeah. How can I turn, darling, how can I turn it down? Unless you've got headphones. Have you got headphones? Oh, have you got headphones? Um, yeah, I'm not sure where they are. Right, how can I turn okay. it down? Don't worry so much, mum, because otherwise you won't be able to hear me. So don't worry about it too much. It's okay. just getting a bit too much. Um, anyone, again, proving a point yeah, there. You're quite quiet, actually. You're quite quiet. Okay. So we have we now have a half of a starring role from my stepfather there. Um, so, yes, with, um, with long COVID, it doesn't necessarily depend on age. It can be completely different for, for everyone, you know. Um, if I'm right, I think Auntie Bob is the only person I, I know of that's um, of that age range, especially that hasn't actually died of it. Um, and so different people have have found it differently. And actually, long COVID. Um, I think I've talked to you about this and talked to a few people about this. If you look at the side men, who I know my mother will not know who the side men are, but somebody here will. Um, the side men who are a massive YouTube group. They're probably the biggest YouTube group in the UK. They have tens of millions of, of subscribers. Individually, they have millions of subscribers. You know, KSI is a world-renowned um, rapper. He's been. He's had an album in the, in uh, a number one album in the UK. He's been. He's done boxing. He's a member of the side men. You've got other people who have been um, at the top of professional gaming with Vicstar during the lockdown. So these are not small you know these are these are very well-known people and they have actually been very open about how um each of them except for one person has had covid and almost all of them were okay after a while except for one of them and this one person isn't even 30 yet he's in his late 20s and he suffered and still suffers from long covid and that is um josh who better known by some people as zerka and he is, you know, a fit guy in his 20s. You know, these are not, these guys might be, you know, they might be gamers and stuff like that, but these guys go out and play football a lot. You know, these guys did a, a big charity match where they played football. Um, he's an avid gym goer and he can't breathe as well. It started to get better. He got COVID last year, months and months and months and months ago, he got COVID. And so the idea that now, um, you know, long COVID, just getting COVID, oh, it's okay, it's just a, a cold. Well, no, even for this young lad that was absolutely fine, you know, he lost his sense of smell and his sense of taste. Um, I think a couple of them did. But even then, not all of them lost their sense of taste and smell. It's completely different to completely different and uh, to, to each other. And it's, it's very strange because even... It's very strange because even... Even with people that have kind of had it nearby each other, they're not they're not the same and it is not the same. And so long COVID has become actually for a lot of people far more of a worry 
than even COVID for some people, not everyone, but for some people that um, that are looking at it, long COVID is more of a concern because actually long COVID can then cause, you know, let's say you have a chest infection in 10 years time. If you've had long COVID that's actually damaged your lungs or anything like that, well, now that's a problem. That wasn't a problem before. Mm. Uh, and so yeah. it, it, it's a nightmare. I mean, as you say, Auntie Barbara has um, had issues where she's not able to really think properly. I mean, okay, granted, Auntie Barbara is um, is older. She's in her eighties, um, and you know, some things are not. She's she's not going to win Brain of Britain anytime soon. However, it does not mean that she doesn't know time and space around her. You know, there was uh, she wasn't senile. You know, the last time I saw her was what last year. And she wasn't senile. She was, you know, she was still Compass Mentos. You know, she had a, her tablet and she was able to do stuff on there. And so the idea that now a lot of that has gone and she can't even tell what, you know, have no mm. idea of time and, and, and space and things like that is, is a show of COVID. And I mean, this is something that's then been affected because somebody that's had COVID has gone in. And so she's not been able to be protected from it. And that's something that I think is important. And obviously Auntie Barbara is somewhat cut off because... You know, um, her husband died a few years ago now. So it's, you know, she's very cut off from it. So has that, with, with Auntie Barbara, has that made you feel um, more worried and cut off? Or, you know, has that had, what kind of effect has that had going forward with things as well? What, just for me, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, definitely, because... She went into hospital last September with a heart problem. Um, perfectly right, COVID-free. Two days later, she tested positive for COVID. So that really worried me. And the whole time she was in hospital, I wouldn't go and visit her simply because that's where she caught COVID. And I was frightened of catching it in there. So it doesn't seem to matter where you are or what precautions you take. If you're, if you're going to get it, you're, you, know, you can only do what you can do. And if you're going to get it, then you're just one of the unlucky ones, I guess. Yeah, I mean, mm, I, I think being in hospital is it was the problem for her there. That's that's kind of, and that's that's the thing that I, I think people have forgotten as well is that hospitals are overwhelmed, and it's not because they can't do the jobs or anything like that they're overwhelmed because they're set up for, you know, a specific purpose. And people being in there all the time because they've got COVID, and you know, all those idiots that aren't taking precautions. Um, they're, they're now taking up beds for people that have other things going on and then if you go in there for something else with your heart mm. then you're catching covid off these idiots who aren't thinking um so mm. yeah that's it's gonna be it's gonna be worrying but um do you think this has had an you know the whole lockdown had an overall kind of negative effect on your mental health in general um no thankfully i i I can say just being nervous now when I wasn't um, and being extra careful. I don't think it's had any effect on my mental health at all. I just think I've been very fortunate there. So it's, it's interesting because I think because of your age group, you're kind of trained to not think about it. But the fact that you've mentioned, apart from being nervous and, that, you know, yeah. that is yeah, kind of a part of it, you know, it's, you know, yeah. I, I, yeah. Okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are there are definite there are big differences between social anxiety and just being nervous. But it is it is a scale um, that, that kind of starts there. But I think there's there's something in our heads. And I know when I was first diagnosed with dyslexia, there is still something in our heads that goes, well, I don't, yeah, but I'm not on that. I'm not on that list. I'm not that. And so, yeah. You know, it is it, in some way it, it does seem like it has probably had, you know, the fact that you had to prefix it by saying apart from this is yeah, like, I see what you, mean. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, this this Sunday roast is very dry, except for all the gravy over it. It's, you know, it's <laughs> it's that kind of thing. But mm. yeah, I, mean, it, it does yeah, I see what you mean, because I mean, I've always been quite a confident person, not frightened of other people, although basically shy when I was younger, but a confident in my own skin but as I now have to sort of think you know am I too near that person or should they pull their mask up a bit higher yeah so I see what you mean yeah it's that it's that thing that's yeah. that we didn't have before and I mean are you are you confident for um 
for the future for people in terms of because I mean there's there's something that I, I put up on on Twitter actually recently was people going back into the office and this actually came from America um which in terms of mental health is actually surprising but where people could have different colored lanyards and the different colors denoted what their feeling was on different things as in if you're happy with being um given a hug wear this color if you're um mm. you know, you're happy to have a conversation but you'd rather a handshake this color if you are in the office mm. but you really don't feel comfortable and you'd rather just not wear this color um mm. do you in in the way that you've interacted in the way that you're now nervous about speaking to you do you think that's something that's going to for your mind continue or do you see that maybe that we've got a bit more resilience that that's not going to happen well i don't know i think perhaps it might do i don't think i don't think i'll ever feel the same again about giving people a hug giving people a handshake getting close to them i think uh, there's always going to be that oh should i or shouldn't i since mm. covid i can't see it really ever getting back to what it was before yeah now and that's that is I think a problem for um for for a lot of people because obviously as we said earlier um it has caused issues for people who didn't previously have any any issues and so the idea that mm. everyone's going to be almost constantly stuck or at least for the generations that remember it stuck in this kind of mm. well I don't want to interact is sad and I mean granted in generations mm. to come that will not be uh, a thing and I, as i say i i'm relatively confident about the trajectory of the virus and so it will over time it will mutate into something that isn't that um dangerous it's just very transmissible the same as the cold which is also a coronavirus i i can imagine that you know if you went back a hundred thousand years the common cold although i don't think its life is that long but if you went back a few thousand years to the common cold it was probably as deadly as anything and you know not yeah. that bad but it it mutated bit by bit into this um and so hopefully it'll be the case that that's there but it, it's sad to think that even if it does get to that in say you know two five ten twenty years that people will still be a bit kind of mm, okay but um because we were mm. getting a lot i think we were getting a lot more especially in the southeast which southeast um if anyone doesn't know the southeast of england is not necessarily known for being the most um what's the way i put it not the friendliest part of the uk <laughs> we, don't, we don't tend to, you yeah. know unless you really know people you don't tend to say hello on the on the streets you don't tend to give someone a hug to say hello um unless you really know them um, I think that had started to change in recent years where people were more kind of, uh, especially because of younger people, just going, you know, what, well, hey, how are you doing? Let's, let's have a hug. I mean, even at the um, the, the meetup I had um, um, with the Yes Theory family, people that, you know, see on YouTube, um, and there were people there very much kind of, are you okay? Do, 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 you, do, you, mind, do you mind a hug? Is it okay? For, you know, they're very kind of, it was, and it wasn't in a, in a consent way, because obviously we've had that discussion. It wasn't in terms of, a consent it was that in that kind of thing of like how safe do you feel that we should have that which was mm. getting a lot different before and people were getting friendlier and i think actually this has had a big impact on how friendly people are now granted anyone that follows me on twitch i'm not the friendliest of people i can i i don't really care about the way that you're you're dealing with something if you're wrong you're wrong there is no debate with me you're wrong end of if there's a fact it's a fact you telling me that the sun doesn't come up doesn't change the fact that it does um your opinion does not override a fact it merely is an yeah, opinion for me um <laughs> yes so it's um, black or white <laughs> yeah well it's you know that nuance has nuance black and white and um factual things do not have and yes, facts do change, but facts change into new facts where we know something more. Yeah. You know, it doesn't change into, mm -hmm. well, it could be this. It just changes into, well, okay, this is now true. I can, I can believe as much as I want that I'm um, a member of the X-Men and can shoot lasers from my eyes. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. And this idea of just, oh, well, it's my opinion. It can be your opinion as much as it wants, but guess what? It's not going to actually happen. And so I'm not, I'm not the nicest of people in terms of that, but I think generally we were getting nicer we were being kinder to each other in a, in a way that was better for society after the you know the days of trump and things like that 
um, although those days yeah. seem to still be here, we were, we were being nicer. And it, it is sad to think that those bits have now reduced somewhat. So we're not able to interact in the same way um, because it seems like we've lost something there. We've, we've lost a, a, um, something that we'd, we were gaining, you know, we were, we were gaining from that and, and things were being nicer. You know, people complain about Gen Z as much as they want, but part of that was, was Gen Z making things nicer. You know, the, the fact that you can, I mean, for instance, I can think of one straight away. My nephew, um, gave me a hug the last time I saw him there is no way in living hell when I was his age as a teenager I would have hugged my uncle didn't happen I didn't I never <laughs> hugged my uncle or my aunties didn't do it it's not that's not you know I'm from I'm a millennial I, we, we weren't the most repressed generation but I wouldn't have done that that wasn't a that wasn't a thing you didn't you know but but now it, it, it was much more kind of, hey, you know, you're right. Yeah, yeah, no, we're, we're doing probably, And that seems to have been lost a little bit. And it's sad that that's happened. Um, so how about overall? So you're, you're, you feel that maybe you're always going to be a little bit um, closed off in some way. How do you, as someone who is, and, and again, to anyone out there, yes, this bit is my mother's opinion we are not pretending this is fact with someone that has been through harder times you know you've lived through um different things happening around the world. i mean you lived i was born in i was born into but you lived through um the cold war for instance and you 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 lived through having rations and things are your prospects of how we're going to deal with this as opposed to say then because you know there are a lot of people that that were worried about during the cold war what do you feel about that in terms of how we're going to survive through it? Well, I think as things go on, we're getting better and more able to um, deal with things, aren't we? We're, we're, I mean, let's face it, we, all right, there's been some really geniuses in the past, but I think as technology and science goes, we're getting much more intelligent, I suppose the word is, and much more able to cope with things as they go on. I mean, years ago, we just used to cope, didn't, well, you wouldn't know that, but um, as you say, when I was a, a child, we dealt with um, with rations, and I mean, I was one of seven children, so there was nine in our family, and but nothing was ever too much for my mum and dad. We had food in, the, in front of us, we had shoes on our feet, we had a roof over our head, and nothing was a worry, but as we've learned more, as we've got more knowing of things, we need more. I can't explain what I'm trying to say, but I think we're more, um, <laughs> I can't quite put it into words, actually. We seem to be getting more intelligent as time goes on, but I don't, intelligent is not the word. We're getting more knowing, more knowledgeable, so more able to face things that come up in the future. Yeah. Yes, I mean, I, I wouldn't use intelligence as people know. I, I would say scholastic ability, but... Um... That, you know the ability to and for anyone that's wondering scholastic ability is merely a scholar so within the, the realms of education we are getting better with that right. but, so um yeah i think um it, it is it is that kind of scholastic ability we're, we're more knowing but as as i say it is that um learning from the past it is you know we have had these things and so we're able to get something from them because we know what has worked and what hasn't worked we've seen what happens when people revolt we have seen what happens when countries get certain weapons we've seen all these things and so we start to mm. learn from them for instance um the fact that um the vaccine was able to do be done so quickly despite what idiots on facebook and sky news and everything think isn't because we suddenly um picked something out of thin air and it's just some kind of you know voodoo magic it's because SARS, MR, um, uh, MERS, and everything similar to this had been being researched for the past decade or so from the last time something yeah. happened. And so that accrued knowledge just built on things. And so we are learning from everything. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I think wisdom as well is what you were potentially looking off. We're getting wiser as we get older, which is the yeah. same for everyone. Um, you know, as a, as a world, we're getting far wiser um, as we as we kind of move forward and so i think that's where um there is there is hope for it um continuing um was there anything that you wanted to say in terms of of, of everything for for 
um, lockdown and how it's affected you? Because I, I, I feel like there's there's bits that you could mention, but I don't I don't know about you know your for instance your ability with with technology and how that's affected how you think that's affected your interaction with people as um, as a pastor and all of that because obviously we didn't we didn't necessarily say much about that. You did mention it for a second, but um, you know, you know mm. you're you're trying to help other people. But of course, if your technology goes, we've had an issue. You know, guys, you know, we've had a few te- technology issues today, and that's on my side. There's nothing wrong, but one side is all it needs for mm. technology to go down a little bit. Um, and also, just in general, for the people who're trying to help, is that, have you found anything there that maybe has caused other people a problem during this? Yeah, I mean, technology is still a problem to me. I still, still, as you know, have problems. And we have um, pastoral assistant meetings via Zoom, which I have done a few because it causes you so much problem. And it, and it, it, it makes me anxious again as well. I don't know why. Zoom meetings make me anxious, so I prefer not to do them. So I prefer to do um, things, you know, people by telephone, most of them. We do, I do visit some. But um, yes, a lot of the old people it has caused it has caused them a lot of anxiety, and a lot have become much lonelier than what they they were before. Um, because whereas before they could go out and just go in the shops and perhaps natter to somebody on the way, um, they can't or, or they haven't been able to. So they felt more closed in and more lonely. And also, um, with as you were talking earlier on about your auntie Barbara, um, she has only been out of the door twice since she came out of hospital last um, November. Um, I say out the door, out of her garden, but her garden's no distance at all. She, I think she does walk up to the end of the garden, which is about a dozen steps and back again, but otherwise she stays indoors. Um, so, and she has become a lot lonelier and becoming agoraphobic as well, frightened to go outside. And that is also the case of one of the people that I, I speak to in the parish. And um, one of the elderly ladies, she hasn't been out of her house. She came out at Christmas for a meal and she hasn't been out of her house since and frightened to go out. Made people very agoraphobic, frightened of going out, frightened of what they, well, frightened of what, what used to be there, I suppose, as well as being frightened um, about meeting people. Mm. Um, yeah, so it, um, it has made it harder to speak to people past well not speak to them pastorally but to be there for them because a lot of people need you actually to be there actually sitting next to somebody and putting a hand on their shoulder and showing you care means a lot more than ringing them up and you can't you know can't always do that yes yeah i will just quickly correct it's agoraphobia um not agoraphobia most people mispronounce no no most people mispronounce it um it's uh uh, agoraphobia is something very very different but it's agoraphobia um everyone mispronounces it but uh, just because this is a mental health podcast um but yes it's i i I think that was what i was um i think we've seen i mean because even before the pandemic before lockdown before everything the biggest thing an issue and you know um I used to work for Help the Aged before it became Age um, UK. Um, and, you know, that, that's the thing we're always told is the biggest issue for older people is loneliness. And that's before anything. And now, like you say, Auntie Barbara's been out twice. And people are now, people that maybe weren't lonely before are now lonely because their family can't see them. They don't know how to work you know, the, the the camera or people that were shut off, but people occasionally checked in on them because they were nice neighbours. Well, now they're not there as well now. And so I can imagine, yeah, that the idea of the outside world where there's perception of risk to them um, is huge. And it's very strange. And I think that the, the point for me would be everyone that, that talks about this thing that um, we can't go back into lockdown, we can't do this because of our mental health never think about it in terms of some people are stuck like that in terms of we go oh well we've got to get out because it's good for mental health but there's plenty of people now that have had things that have caused whether it is you know diagnosable agoraphobia or not people are now scared and just going well you can go out now and everything's fine won't stop that you don't we don't 
change people's state of mental health by simply going, we do want lockdown, we don't want lockdown. It's had an effect that's longer lasting than that. And people on both sides that try and argue that, you know, well, we need to do more for mental health because um, they want to do, they're doing it properly. They actually get, they actually care. And then those that are doing it just because they, you know, want to complain about something like um, Lawrence Fox, um, who, if you ever want to debate me on a, on a podcast, I know you're never going to see this, but please, for the love of God, bring it. Um, you know, the, these people who just want an excuse, both sides are kind of forgetting about people like those that have become either clinically or, um, insularly in their own mind some form of agoraphobia because they're, they're not it's not solved you don't go especially towards somebody like auntie barbara who's had covid now you don't suddenly go there we go it's all fine now they don't they don't now they don't change they don't suddenly go oh well everything's okay i'll walk outside no <laughs> that's not how it works um so it, i think <laughs> that is something that we've lost and as you say it's it is difficult for older people on those meetings that you're having about pastoral care for them to do it and i mean how you, you're saying yourself, you've not really um, um, been able to interact with it because of technology issues that you've had, because it makes it makes you anxious as well. So mm. have you missed a lot of these pastoral care meetings? Then? Because you are what you are someone who's you're not someone who is part of the meetings but for your care. You're someone who is a pastoral carer or however you would say it. Yeah, I mean, I have missed a lot of meetings. Um, the one thing, the meetings are at half past nine in the morning. And if I take a car to the meeting, we get traffic and there's lots of roadworks around here. And, and that makes me nervous driving like that. So the only other answer is to go on the bus. Well, I won't go on the bus to Crawley because it's too far to go on the bus. And, and then I get nervous on the bus. Um, I don't like Zoom meetings. So I tend not to go and have the um, minutes sent to me by email afterwards so um yeah i have missed a lot of um pastoral meetings but because it's affected me sort of with the family you know being ill as well there's been a, a, a two or three things going on in the family um i've been sort of um said that i can sort of stand back a bit for a while anyway so it hasn't you know it's been okay but yeah it has affected me yeah, it has that effect. It kind of sidetracks as well, doesn't it? Because you've got something else inside. But then <laughs> being given the ability to not um, interact with things to do with mental health and loneliness because you already have things going on with your mental health is <laughs> kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting with that. And it's, that's, that's kind of the problem yeah. I think we, we see with it a lot. Yeah, um, yeah it doesn't stop you feeling, doesn't stop you feeling for the people but not being able to be there so much as you could do before mm, yeah it, it is. and also as you say wanting people there for me because mm. of how it's left me feeling which is yeah. something i haven't experienced either yeah. i've been there for them but you know sometimes people haven't reciprocated yeah it's it's um it can be different companies of course sorry <laughs> present companies well. present <laughs> I mean, yeah it's um it is something that I, I think um, a lot of mental health um, people online, I, I know other people that do similar to me that have had burnout and can just completely left mental health completely because they, they can't do it. They, you know, they spend their days and weeks mm. counselors, you know, um, so mm. just go, I can't do this. I cannot continue. You know, there was always that joke and this is, this statement is said with a pinch and salt and is said verbatim. It is not, um, my views on how you should use this wording, but it was always said of mental health nurses that they also had to be a little bit crazy um, because otherwise, why the hell would you do it? You know, it's, it's that kind of problem. Mm -hmm. so, okay. Yeah, that's exactly what um, I spoke to to our the vicar at the church um, two or three months ago that, that things were just getting on top of me and I just couldn't do it. And he just begged me not to step aside, not to step away um a couple of times i've rung up and spoke to him about it and he's begged me not to step, step away but to step aside which is what i've been doing mm. so yeah yeah it, it does get to you <laughs> yes yeah okay i think we've kind of gone around most things was there anything else that you wanted to add before we wrap up um no i i don't think there is actually i think i've hit on most of it i will um, try yeah 
Yeah, I'll try and get this um, patched together so it looks like it's smooth all the way, even with the technology issues. So if you've got to the end of this um, of this podcast and you, you've stuck in there, firstly, round of applause for yourself. Well done. Um, but uh, yeah, this this will um, this should be easier to watch if anyone's watching it on anything else. I think on YouTube it's probably easier because you can see our interactions because I think we may have some more of an issue with audio because of um, what both of us are, are using and how... Um, how it's seen but hopefully everyone has enjoyed it to this point um thank you to my uh, my mother for coming on and um we'll be back next week i believe with um miss savage from tiktok talking about um basically advice for people and um how we take it in different in, in different ways and uh how it's how it's said to us basically so um we'll see you next time everyone thank you so much for for being with us uh, thank you very much and we'll see you again bye everyone Okay.